Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of 2021's This Freaky Show. I am Travesty. And I'm the Freak Joe. And I gotta tell you, it's a little weird uh, forgetting that you're trying to do cold opens as a new thing. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's been a couple of years. It's, it, has, it has. I mean, it's and, been uh, a year, but it feels like a couple of years. It's been roughly about a year, exactly. Um, yeah, no, we uh, we're, we're here uh, kicking off uh, this freaky show, our month long uh, celebration of Halloween, as uh, we do every year in the month of October. Um. It doesn't. It seems like no matter like how many breaks we take or like how far in between episodes we go, we always seem to make sure that this freaky show happens. It's the most important part of the season. I think absolutely, a hundred percent. And uh, it was weird because uh, the last episode we recorded, uh, which was I believe it was on September eleventh, so it's been about a month. Oh my god! Uh, since we recorded. I didn't get a chance, or I just completely blanked. I didn't even edit and release those until like last week. Oh, dang. I know. Yeah, I just, I totally uh, kind of whiffed on that one. That was my bad. But uh, yeah. they did get released. Nice. But, but like I mentioned, uh, as I kind of made a uh, a little uh, uh, po- postlude, I don't know what a, what, what is an, what's a prelude, but for after a show? Yeah, postlude. Postlude? Mm-hmm. Um, I did mention that uh, we still are planning to do um, cemetery vlogs for this year. Uh, they're just kind of pushed off. Mm-hmm. So uh, depending on when we can get that figured out, when it gets scheduled, uh, we are going to do that. Uh, I think I figured out um, a way to do the uh, cemeteries in the surrounding Indianapolis area. Ooh. I think there are. Uh, I think there's quite a bit of them that we could actually, uh, at least eight, possibly ten, uh, cemeteries that are uh, are pretty well known uh, around the Indianapolis area that uh, are are doable in in the way that we do them. Nice. So um, part of uh, part of my uh, responsibilities that uh, I'm going to do in the next uh, week or so is kind of uh, figure out which cemeteries um, we could check out. And kind of map out uh, our travels for that. But um, it's going to happen, uh, but they may kind of roll over into November. But uh, the cemetery tours are going to happen as they did last year. If you guys haven't had a chance to check out our cemetery tours, they are available on our YouTube page at FreakNet Studios, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T-S-T-U-D-I-O-S, FreakNet Studios, uh, where we did eight uh, What Up, Better Than You, Oh. How you doing, man? Thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to talk about all things Halloween today uh, because we do that uh, for the podcast throughout the entire month of October. Um, <laughs> so if you guys have a chance, we did check out eight uh, different cemeteries in, uh, in kind of like the Illinois Midwest area. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. So we want to repeat that for this year. And we're going to check out hopefully doing Indiana around the Indianapolis area. And like I said, there's probably eight to possibly ten. Uh, cemeteries there. I'm not quite sure because I only kind of looked at the map. I didn't kind. I didn't like check any mileage or anything, so I really don't know how far Terre Haute is from Indianapolis. Oh, it's a hike. Is it? Yeah. Okay, because there was one uh, specifically over by 
uh, Terre Haute that I guess it's pretty well known called like the the Hundred Step Cemetery or something like that. Oh, fascinating! I've never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is what you find out when uh, you're fucking uh, perusing internet at three in the morning trying to figure out what to do uh, for the uh, two hour live stream we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it seems like an interesting one. But like I said, like I just kind of gandered at the map. I didn't actually look at mileage and stuff like that, but. At least within Indianapolis, there's about eight cemeteries that we could check out. So oh, that's still that's still on the docket, if you will, for us to be doing. Uh, but like I said, it's not going to be throughout the month of October. It's probably going to be maybe end of October, rolling into November, hopefully, if we get that all figured out. So that will happen. Oh, um, you know what? It's less yeah, of a hike ahead. than I thought it was. Okay. what What's uh, what's less than a hike than you thought it was? Oh. What, what, what time are we talking about? Uh, like, it's probably, it's probably an hour. Oh, it ain't bad. No. Well, I know, uh, when we did the, when we did the vlog, what did we do from like, it was like 12 hours, right? I think so. I think, uh, I think we left my house around like, say, yeah, I think we left around like six, seven AM and when we got back to my house around six. That sounds about right. Excuse me. Yeah. That's the commitment we make to, uh, our listeners here on our mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, should I so call I'm used, to, I'm used to going there to Terre Haute from like Fowler or Lafayette. Oh, okay. that's like that's like three four hours. Mm. But from India is not bad. Hey, but no, uh, well then I, you know, that's probably something uh, we could definitely look into doing. Uh, better than you, uh, we're not going to take calls uh, here on this live stream uh, this time around. But uh, I do promise that uh, if you catch us on our next live stream, I'll do, I will have you on and talk. Uh, we're just we're not going to take calls uh, this time around, but we do encourage you guys to interact uh, within the live stream with us as we go through this and talk about Halloween. Um, like I was explaining to Joe, and I got to explain to you guys why you're here, is uh, we're going to do this in kind of like a two-part session where uh, we're going to do one uh, episode now. And then we're going to take about a five-minute break, and then we're going to do a second episode. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to any of our This Freaky Show uh, editions of This Freaking Show, uh, Cartoon Joe doesn't uh, hang out with us. Uh, he kind of takes like a break for the month. Uh, we are actually uh, uh, welcomed uh, to – we are uh, – what's the word? Happy to welcome you. No, not, not even that. We are – Welcoming? Freak Joe's here. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I, I, I'm trying to think of the fucking word, but it doesn't matter if it's September or October. Right? I'm, right? I'm uh, less than a quarter of the way into my first cup of coffee for the day. Oh, that's how I feel. I'm like halfway through my first hot pocket. Yeah. Uh, breakfast. I was gonna eat cereal, but I didn't think if I didn't think that'd be appropriate. So, um, so we're welcomed by uh, we're welcoming uh, Cartoon Joe or uh, Freak Joe joined? here. Are we just looking for joined by? Yeah, we're joined by. There we go. Yeah, it was that it was that extra sip that really helped you out there. Yep. Uh, we're joined by Freak Joe here. Uh, Freak Joe is actually going to read us a uh, spooky story, a scary story, a mm. Halloween esque story. Uh, and since we're doing two episodes, we're going to get two stories from him. Uh, and obviously, we are going to go over the Phantom Tollbooth, too. And then um, I got uh, two different things that we're going to do uh, for each episode. So like I said, we're going to do this one till about eh, about 50 minutes in. We'll take a five-minute break, come back, and then kind of you know repeat the process, wash, rinse, repeat the process. Uh, but before we dive into any of that, I got to do our due diligence. And I got to remind all of you that, that this episode of this freaky show is brought to you by... Uh, ballwash.com. 
And of course, during this holiday season and everything, nothing can be scarier than a uh, a smelly, a smelly junk, a a, uh, a a potent taint, a uh, uh, well, to quote myself from last year, a stinkenstein. You don't want to be a stinkenstein. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you want to be fresh smelling all day long. And the best way to do that is to get your hygienic products from BallWash.com. Because that everything to clean you from head to toe, from hole to pole. Because when it comes to your snack, they got your back because nothing gets your wiener cleaner than BallWash.com. They have everything from shampoos, conditioners, to body washes. Especially those lonely nights when you're just like me and you got no one else to be with. They got a personal they got a, they got a personal lubricant that you can use for yourself plus on those chafing days which i get it you know maybe you know fall's coming around it's getting a little bit cooler outside and i can't have to worry too much about chafing from sweat and heat and everything but you know what if you still do even on those cool days they got a ball guard that goes on like a lotion and it dries like a powder it's absolutely amazing and saved my ass pun intended more times than i can remember Go to ballwash.com, fill your cart up with all of their amazing products, and then if you use the code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, you'll save yourself 15% on your entire order. That's right, guys. Go to ballwash.com, fill up your cart, and make Halloween a very special treat for you. Nice. This freaking show is also brought to you, or this freaky show, excuse me, we're in October, <laughs> is brought to you by <clears throat> audible.com. You can... Uh, uh, if you like scary stories, if you enjoy to listen to tales of the macabre, you mm. can do so over at audible.com. Uh, this month, right now, you can go to audibletrial.net.com uh, slash freaknet and pick yourself up a free 30-day trial along with a credit towards your first spooky story mm. or any story you like. But you can pick up a book. Right over there at audible.com, audibletrial.com slash freaknet. Go there right now. Get a free 30-day trial. Get a free book. Listen to it. Be creeped out. Perfect. Do it now. Do it. <laughs> Joe, I'm going to give you the choice on, uh, on which activity <laughs> we're going to do first. Um, obviously, we got to go through the FM book club. We got to talk about the Phantom Toe booth, and we are going to do that next. But I want to kind of get prepared while we're doing that. Um, we got two different games that we're going to bring back. Um, one is uh, Shit or Treat. Yeah, which, right. uh, if you remember from last year, uh, we did a Shit or Treat, which I give you two movies. You say which one's shit, which one's treat. We keep the treat, and we keep rolling into kind of a competitive like tournament bracket kind of style thing where we determine between two movies which one was shit, which one was treat. Treat moves forward, goes against the next one. Between those two, which one's shit, which one's treat. Wash, wish, repeat until we get to the final one that is deemed Freak Joe worthy of being the Halloween movie. Great. Uh, so last year we did uh, horror movies. This year we're going to do uh, Halloween-themed movies that are available on Disney+. Plus. Excellent. Um, the other game is similar to one we played last year. Uh, where um, I'm going to give you uh, a spooky story about an urban legend or something that happened, a haunting, if you will, and you got to tell me if uh, if I made it up or if it's real. So if it's freaky true or freaky fake. All right. Um, and uh, same rules apply into that game to where um, there's going to be 10. Some are made up, some are real, and if you get 5 out of 10, then uh, you win, and I do the close. But if you lose, you got to do the close. 
All right. Sounds so um, it's going to be up to you on which one you want to play in this hour, which one you want to play in the next hour. Gotcha. I want to play uh, Shit or Treat this hour. Perfect. Okay. So let's talk about Phantom Tollbooth first, get that out of the way. That's and then uh, we can play uh, Shit or Treat. So I uh, believe we're talking about Chapter 10. Yes. Uh, the Colorful Sympathy. Sym- symph- uh, Symphony. There we go, Joe. Uh, yeah, so, um, go ahead and, uh, start us out here, Joe. I know, uh, it kind of, uh, kind of leads off, um, with Milo and Tak and, uh, the humbug kind of, uh, going on to their adventure with Alec. Yeah. So, uh, the group, uh, like you said, humbug, Alec, Milo, and, uh, and Tak are, uh, are running through the forest, just trying to get where they're going. And, uh, suddenly... They think they may be lost, mm-hmm. and so they they stop at uh, the nearest home and knock on the door, and uh, um, a man answers. And above the door plate, uh, door plate uh, above the door, there is a plate that says he is the giant. Yep. And uh, so they, you know, they, they, he opens the door, and he's just kind of a just a regular sized guy. Mm-hmm. And they say, Are, you're the giant? And he says, yeah, I'm the smallest giant in the world. And they're like, okay, are we <laughs> lost? And he says, ah, you know, that's not a really good question for me. Uh, what you need to do is go around back and ask the midget. <laughs> <laughs> so they go around back. There's, It's exactly the same house, but uh, the plate over the door says the midget. And they knock on the door, and a guy who looks almost exactly the same answers. And they say, you're a regular sized guy, but you're the midget. He says, yep. Tallest one in the world. (laughs) Uh, What's up? And they're like, well, we have a question. Are we lost? I'm not much for answering questions. You got to go around the corner and ask the fat man. So they go around the corner and it's the exact same thing. Plato, the door says the fat man, they knock on the door Another guy who looks exactly the same as the last two answers, and uh, they say, well, you're not really that fat, but uh, you must be the fat man. Says, yep, thinnest fat man in the world. <laughs> but I don't really answer any questions, so you got to go ask the thin man around the other side of the house. So they go all the way around the other side of the tree, and same thing, it says the thin man. They knock on the door, and uh, finally Milo, Milo's a little sick of this. Milo's an astute boy. He's, he's no dummy. He says, ah, I think you might be all, all for the same guy. And, and he leans out and he goes, shh. <laughs> no one knows I'm not ordinary. Or no one knows I'm ordinary. If I do it this way, I get to have four jobs. Yep. And it's fantastic. No one comes to talk to ordinary people, but people love extraordinary people. So to tall people, I'm short. To short people, I'm tall. To fat people, I'm thin, and to thin people, I'm fat, and it, it works out. So, yeah, I'll answer your question. Don't ask any more. You know, don't don't let my secret out of the box. Milo, very confused, is like, uh, sure, whatever, man. Are we lost? And the guy's like, uh, here's an unhelpful answer. <laughs> uh, at which point, uh, I'm happy to turn it over to you. Alec points out that they need to uh, to leave. And so they start leaving, and they they. I, uh, what's next? Is that illusion and reality? 
It's uh, it's when they yeah. So it's when they start moving forward and they get to the sympathy. My God, sympathy. I don't know. No. Symphony. God damn it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I should look at the first part, so that word's not part of this. Um, but yeah, so they uh, so they start heading off to illusion and reality, which uh, are two different. Obviously, if you guys have been following us on Buffy and Tobooth or Reddit yourself, their name of places. Um, they wander into uh, reality, which they don't even realize they're there. There's no streets. There's nothing, no buildings. It's just a lot of people looking down, walking around. And um, this is the one th- This is the reason why I love this book is because uh, it kind of describes to you in a childlike way, like how people even like live through reality or live, live even today is that you're walking around and, you know, Milo knows is like, well, there's no buildings, there's no roads. Like, how can you call this a town? It's because that they're walking around and there used to be, there used to be a town there. There used to be buildings and streets and everything, but people were such in a rush, not looking up, not noticing anything. Things started to slowly disappear. So when you don't, notice anything we don't acknowledge anything what's the point of it even being there and milo kind of notices and admits that himself to where he even says in the book that there are things on his street that uh he probably wouldn't even be able to say if it was there or not because you know people are just rushing never noticing the surroundings and stuff like that um and it's kind of the opposite with um oh god not 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 uh, illusion the town mm-hmm. of illusion it's kind of the exact opposite um, so he kind of knows that, um, but then they get to the conductor, which, uh, I think of everything in this book. That's the one thing that I forgot the most about. So, uh, really? yeah, I, I don't remember this guy. Like whatsoever. And that's one thing about, I enjoy about the hardcover book is like, it has all these pictures and shit in it. Um, and to kind of circle back to the, uh, the un, in, un, Ignore, I don't know, the fucking, the guy who's ordinary, but not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, I was kind of confused when I was reading at first because, uh, all the pictures when they kept saying, like, oh, he went to the giant, he went to the midget, he went to the fat man, he went to the spinning. Mm-hmm. They showed pictures of each guy, but it literally looked like the exact same picture, just the plaque above the door changed. I think that's exactly what it is, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's amazing that they did that. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, I can't. I'm trying to remember what the uh, the conductor's name was. Um, where the hell is it? I don't even Chroma. know. Chroma. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. So they come across this sympathy, and it's it's a huge sympathy. Sympathy. Oh my God, Joe! Give sympathy. me another word. Give me another word besides that. Orchestra. Thank you. They come across this orchestra of thousands of people, and. They, they, they see the instrument, instruments, everyone's holding them, but they don't hear anything. So Milo's kind of confused. I'm like, what kind of orchestra is this? They're, they're, they have some instruments, but they're not playing anything. They're like, well, they're playing sounds. So he goes up to Chroma, the conductor, and kind of asks him about it. And Chroma explains, like, they play the sounds that you hear around them. The colors. Said, the colors. God damn it. Uh, so Milo asks, like, how so? So he puts his hands up to cut. Once they cut all the color in the world was completely draw, uh, blank. He, he referred to it as a, a large uh, coloring book that somebody with a paintbrush, uh, a, a width of a house, could spend years painting. And as quickly as the color went away, as soon as he started back up again, the color came back. 
Um, to wrap up the uh, chapter, we were kind of closing out the evening and everything for the night. Uh, and the conductor asked Milo, hey, listen, you're here. You kind of got it under control. I'm going to uh, go and go sleep. Uh, if you could, just wake me up at 5.23 a.m. so we can do the sunrise. Um, Milo uh, agrees. Why not? Uh, conductor kind of fades off through the woods as the orchestra is playing the evening out. Um, and then Milo talk humbug and everyone kind of just dozes off into himself and wraps up the chapter uh, sleeping on top of the uh, orchestra music. Yes. Is there anything I'm missing that I stumbled through? Because obviously I don't know how to fucking talk. Uh, no, I think that was basically it. I did love it though. It was a great, great chapter. Um, mm-hmm. The concept of, of uh, an orchestra that doesn't play music, they play colors. Yeah. It was just, I really liked that a lot. And I didn't, I think I, obviously, um, we, 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 everyone reads at different speeds. I think to me, I think this uh, chapter and actually chapter we're going to do on the next episode. Um, I think it's one of the two longest chapters in the book, or at least that we've gotten up to so far. I think you're right. Um, as I, I was, I, as I was reading them this morning, I was thinking, oh man, am I going to have enough time to actually do this? <laughs> Yeah, and it's and and that's one. Like I said, uh, I love this book because of how it's descri- how things are described in there. Oh yeah, you know, and and it's a, it was a real thing. Like even like when I was reading it, and it was talking about the town of reality and how it was like blank and nothing. It's like I, it's true how you could just go through life and not notice shit that's like so blatant and right in front of you that. A normal person, if they just kind of just took a breath, looked up real quick, acknowledged it. Um, I mean, I can't, that's what I think that, like, it's living, that's what it's like to live in Chicago. Like, oh, I yeah, think a big, like, and I'm, yeah, I'm like, like uh, you know, they, they tell you not to, to look around because, like, you know, then people will know you're a tourist or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long I live here. I always walk leisurely with my eyes up, like, just taking it in. Yeah. I just I love that city so much, but yeah, everybody around me is is just they're looking straight ahead or at their feet mm-hmm. or at their phones and just getting where they need to go. People are afraid of eye contact these days. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because they think people are like judging them and they don't want to do that, or they like they're afraid of some kind of communication. Yeah, like there, I don't there, I don't want anyone to talk to me. <laughs> there are numerous times where like it's not even like me being like in Chicago, but. Being in like maybe a heavier populated town than you know where I live now, you know. So I mean, you know, I keep even talking about like a town of like three, four, five thousand people. Mm-hmm. Where I could be walking through a store to grab something real quick. How even like store in my town, you know, if somebody I don't know, I wander by, like you know, you give like the head nod, hey, how you doing? Hi, how's it going? How you, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You just get no response. You just get them like walking by you. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. And goofy, yeah. So it's it, it's it's uh a reality, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to where people just kind of walk around and they live in this town of reality where there's no buildings, no streets, but it doesn't bother them because they don't even know they're not there. They don't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's weird is they're, they're still there. They're just invisible because like, mm-hmm. why should I even try to exist if you're not going to pay attention? hundred percent sort of a thing, which I love. And, uh, I also just speaking of the, the the descriptions and stuff. I the in the first paragraph here where he's describing sunlight, mm-hmm. I, I love this 
description. The late afternoon sunlight leaped lightly from leaf to leaf, slid along branches and down trunks, and dropped finally to the ground in warm, luminous patches. Mm-hmm. And then a soft glow filled the air with the kind of light that made everything look sharp and clear and close enough to reach out and touch. And I just, that's, uh, my two favorite times of day are twilight. When, when the sun is rising yeah. and when the, the sun is setting. And it's because of that. Because uh, that's, that's what the sunlight is like, is exactly that. And I've, I just, oh man. Yeah. It's just a, it's such a perfect description of it. 100%. I feel the same way about Twilight, but that's because I'm a, a huge Edward Cullen guy. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. This was Chapter 10, which actually marks the halfway point of the book. Really? So we, we have officially oh, yeah. made it to Chapter 10. Um, so we're halfway there. Uh, one, of, uh, one of my favorite uh, parts about reading these last two chapters is coming up in the next chapter. Um, the... You know, obviously, uh, Milo does have little slips, slips, and goofs from here to there. So, uh, next chapter, I'm excited to uh, talk about here on the next episode. But let's dive into. Uh, you said you wanted to do uh, shit or treat, correct? Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about some. Uh, let's talk about some movies here that uh, are available on Disney Plus. <clears throat> um, to remind you guys, uh, if you uh, feel the need to support uh, our podcast here in any way possible, the best way to do that is by going to tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Picking up some amazing merch that we uh, we have available uh, for you. Anything from T-shirts to uh, sweatshirts to hoodies uh, to zip-up hoodies, pullover hoodies, uh, coffee mugs. I know on a, on a, on a brisk cold fall day uh the best way to enjoy a morning is in a comfy this freaking show sweatshirt sipping out of your this freaking show mug that's what i really need i don't own any hoodies really well yeah there's i should fix that there's three different styles you get from t public you just get a normal sweatshirt uh which thinking about it i don't know if i've ever owned a normal like non-hooded sweatshirt in like 12 years Mm-hmm. But they're available. They are available. Um, also, uh, you know, pullover hoodies uh, and uh, zip-up hoodies. I'm more of a zip-up hoodie guy. Well, that's, I'm sorry. I should I should clarify. I don't own any zip-up hoodies. Mm. I do have a couple of hooded sweatshirts. Yes. Well, zip-up hoodies are amazing, and they are yeah. available. And the best part about tpublic.com, it's not that you're, you're buying a specific product uh, piece of merchandise with a uh with a specific logo you're choosing the logo you want and you're choosing what product you want that logo to go on to yeah so you pull it up and you're saying oh look there's a cartoon joe uh design well i would love to get that cartoon joe on a pillow well that's available yeah i want to get uh, right i want to get cartoon joe on some wall art well guess what you could do that i would love to get a cartoon joe magnet i guess stick on the fridge that's available too I would like nice. to travel with Cartoon Joe. We get him on a traveling coffee mug. All those things are available. I want to figure out a way. And I'm assuming there's a website out there. I would love to get some This Freaking Show Ugly Sweaters for uh, Christmas. Ooh. I would love to do that. That would be awesome. Right? Because I haven't owned a sweater and I don't know how long. I think the last one I owned uh, was actually a woman's sweater. And I bought it so I could win the Ugly Sweater Contest at my last job I worked at. And the only reason I lost... Because I was new the week before and they didn't know my name. It was sad. 
Dang. I had some lady come up to me. He's like, I really, I thought your sweatshirt was awesome, and I was going to vote for you, but I didn't know what your name was. And I'm like, oh, we should ask. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> go to tpublic.com, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Search T, uh, TFS. Check out all our amazing products. Fill up your cart with them and buy it because uh, those sales do help out the uh, podcast. And it allows us to go ahead and go out and uh, check out those amazing cemeteries in Indianapolis that we're going to do uh, here within the next few weeks. So uh, support uh, the podcast and all our extra uh, activities by doing that. Hell, you know what? Send us some money. And then uh, me and Cartoon Joe will go on some YouTube and we'll do the fucking uh, one chip uh, fucking pack challenge, whatever the fuck that thing's called. Because yeah. apparently, apparently Thorntons are selling those as if that's a big thing. Nice. I'm yeah. so into that. I want to do it so bad. I'm 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 fully into it. Uh, Sarge, who's listening right now, uh, was one of the guys who brought it up doing that. Um, well, they sell those one chip challenges at Thorntons. And... Uh, that's awesome. I, I have no problem picking one up, uh, throwing up a video, and fucking doing it. So, Dope. You could probably turn it into a game. Like the game we're about to play, shit or treat. I'm so into it. So, Joe, I, I also – not to, not to totally derail it now that you've reached yeah. the game. Uh, you can do the blazing challenge at home too now from, from B-dubs. I refuse to ever do that again. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I explained that to you, right? I explained what happened last time I did that shit. No, I don't remember. They they robbed me of everything. Got to last five minutes. Sarge, I haven't lasted five minutes in anything I've ever done in my life. Do it that what you will. Um, I did the Blazing Challenge at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Not a remember day. She seemed nice. That's right, she was. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I did the Blazing Challenge at Buffalo Wild Wings in Bradley. I'm not saying Bradley is a bad Buffalo Wild Wings. But they fucked me on this, and I have, uh, I have, I have grudges. I've held this grudge for uh, what? What the fuck is it? Um, let's see here, 2008 to 2021. What the fuck is that? Uh, like 12, 13 years. Yeah, that sounds right. Still holding on to it. Still haven't let it go. I did the blazing challenge, and the whole thing is when you do the blazing challenge, you're just supposed to get your picture on a wall, and you get a fucking t-shirt. Yeah. Well, guess what? They didn't have film to take my picture, and I never got my fucking T-shirt, and I had to pay for that shit. That's garbage. Yeah. Plus, I fucked up. Didn't think I was doing it when I went there until I was like, oh, fuck, I could do that. I shaved right before I went out. So my open pores around my fucking mouth was, was, oh, no. was fucking there. So I'm fucking eating these fucking wings, killing myself. You can't drink anything while doing it. You have to wait till you're done. So I got fucking milk and shit because why the fuck not? Right. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't get anything from it except the fucking bill. It was stupid. That's. I even told him. I was like, listen, if you're not going to take my picture to put it on the wall and I'm not going to get a t-shirt, why don't you just give me the fucking wings for free? Well, we can't do that. Okay, cool. So still so in a grudge. Even, it's, not even, it's not even a thing anymore? They don't even do anything with it? No, they just didn't have it then. At that moment, they just they ran uh, out fucking film. Yeah, they ran out film, and no one ever fucking gave. No one ever decided to go get more film. They should and, give you uh, a coupon so that you can come back and they can just do it. They're stupid, Joe. Mm. They're no hooters. That's why when we had our one and only uh, Freaknet Studios uh, board meeting, it was at Hooters. That was the best yes. wings I've ever had. Hooters is amazing. We need to have another board meeting, <laughs> or just go to a Hooters. Either yes. way. <laughs> All right, Joe. I described it before. I'll give you a quick uh, rundown again. I'm going to give you two movies. 
All these are available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, you tell me which one you prefer over the other. It moves on to the next round. I give you another one. You choose between those two, so on and so forth, until we get to the, the number one movie that you recommend people to listen to or watch or whatever they do with movies um, for the uh, Halloween season. I'm going to guess I know which one it is. Okay. But who knows? I tried that last time, and I got it right uh, with, uh, I think it was A Quiet Place 2. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I got it right last time. I'm going to think what it is now, but I'm going to wait on it to see if I'm right. So uh, we'll start with number. Uh, the first one is Coco, 2017 film produced by Pixar Animation Studios. Follows a little boy named Miguel who is transported to a land of dead by an- oh by accident. I thought it was ancient. God, I should stop reading. He seeks out to help. Uh, he seeks out the help of his deceased great great grandfather. To him, return to his family who is among the living. Or, uh, Toy Story of Terror. Uh, the 2013 animated short film produced by Pixar Animated Studios is set up after the Toy Story 3 timeline. In this spooky film, the toys are on a road trip where a flat tire leads them into one of those haunted movie stereotype adventures. Oh. So are we going with uh, Coco or are we going with Toy Story and Terror? I got to say between them, I got to go Coco. Uh, Not because I've seen either of these, but because a feature length film beats a short film. Nice. I gotcha. I gotcha. Good good, good call. Good call. Um, Also, uh, the list I'm doing is a uh, Disney Plus Halloween movie uh, per day. So there's 31 of these. So it's telling you which ones you should watch which day uh, throughout the entire month of Halloween. So obviously oh, that was October 1st and then October 2nd, so on and so forth, to October 31st. Um, I'm going to try to watch all these because a lot of them I haven't seen and a lot of them I haven't seen in a while. Um, but I do got to watch some Halloween movies. Nice. All right. Uh, so we got Coco or we got Maleficent. This 2014 film is based on the Disney villain from the 1959 animation of Sleeping Beauty. That was a surprisingly good movie. It was a very good movie. Yeah, um, I I had no hopes for it going in. And who's the girl? Who, who's the girl that did that? Angelina Jolie. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I feel bad that I, I I have to. I feel like I have to pick Coco. Yeah. Uh, even though I haven't seen it, but I have seen Maleficent, just because mm. I it's it's a movie I really want to see. Yes. But I know that when I see it, it's going to make me cry. Mm. Yeah, keep so in mind, Joe. Yeah, keep in mind. You're choosing for the people, not for you. Don't be selfish. Yeah, no, I, I think that Coco is probably an objectively better movie. Okay, gotcha. I did hear it's good. My sister, uh, uh, Sherry, recommends uh, Coco or um, the new one that came out recently. I can't remember what the hell it is. Raya? Maybe. Is that the one with like the, the sea monster thing or whatever? Like oh, they, I have no idea. It's like uh, it's like they live in the water, but when they leave the water, they turn into normal people. Oh, Luca! There we go. Yeah, she recommended that one. That one. I'm I'm just I'm, I pulled up Disney Plus. Just oh to... yeah, Luca. Yeah, yeah. She says she says that's a must watch too. So oh, okay, so uh, we got uh, Coco or the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. 
Uh, the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. In the 1949 short segment of the animated The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, the story follows the new schoolmaster, Lanky. What the fuck is Lanky? Like, uh, tall and uh, gangly. Oh, Lanky. Lanky. I was thinking Lank. What the fuck is wrong with me? Lanky. Ichabod Crane. Love Sleepy Hollow. Everything about Sleepy Hollow I'm a huge fan of. Uh, he is thought to be a whimsical character that happens to be a ladies' man, but his bully, Brom, despises him. Brom sets out to find the Headless Horseman to take care of his problem. Nice. I, uh, I also love The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's, the, if it's the version I think it is, it's absolutely a fantastic classic. The, um, the animated version with the song that goes, Ichabob. Ichabob Crane. Yeah. That's what this one is. Oh, this is an hour and eight minutes? Yeah. Oh, that's not a short. No. They're monsters, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That makes it a lot harder, because I was going to be like, well, following my logic from earlier, I can't go with the short. Yeah. Did but you look at the hour, that's, that's not feature length, but it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not mm. bad at all. I remember watching this in school. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's real good. But I'm not here to make the choices. You are. Yeah. I uh, I still think, well, yeah, our audience probably likes the nostalgia of that one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you guys uh, you guys who are listening, you know, you can throw in the comments which movies you prefer and everything, too. Love to hear your opinion. Like I said, I love everything uh, Sleepy Hollow, uh, Headless Horseman, Ichabod Crane. I know there was a TV show. Uh, there was like a detective show called uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Um, they did a crossover with the TV show Bones, which uh, was a really good episode. Um, nice. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't feel bad about it, but I feel bad about it. I got to mm-hmm. go Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Good job, man. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good show. Good movie, yeah. good story. I'm, I am a sucker for that old style animation. Yes, like you ever. Uh, quick off topic. You ever see the movie? I think I actually own it. But it's an animated movie. It's a bunch of like shorts, uh, short movies uh, about like uh, folklore legends, like Paul Bunyan, John Henry, Johnny Appleseed, and stuff. And I think it's called like American Legends. Oh, maybe. Uh, if you haven't that once yeah if you haven't it's amazing um it was one of those movies i'd run from like a movie store back in the day when i was uh young um on vhs and then one day i was thinking about it i was like god is there any way i could fucking watch that again and yeah it was on dvd for like six bucks on amazon so i picked it up nice uh okay so we got um what the hell is it called? Uh, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow versus Hollow. Return to Oz. 1985 dark fantasy film is an unofficial sequel to the L. Frank Baum's novel, The Wizard of Oz. In this Disney movie, it follows Dorothy as she escapes from an asylum of the real world back into the land of Oz. That's That feels very sad. I've never <laughs> heard of this before. I've never yeah. heard of this before. So. I. I have to I have to go with Legend of Sleepy Hollow for, for that exact reason. Like I've I've heard of Return to Oz. I've never seen it. And I'm I'm a sucker for for Oz related things even though I've not read the books. Um, yeah. but I love like uh, sci-fi's Tin Man, which was a reimagining of it. Um, I've got uh, uh, 
I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I have a comic mm-hmm. book that's like a reimagining where Dorothy's like a gunslinger from the Wild yeah. West. Um, I, I really love lots of stuff about the story, but like it, it's unofficial. And she's escaping yeah. from a mental hospital. What is this, Sucker Punch? I give it a Sucker Punch, I'd give it to you. It's, it's weird it's a Disney movie, but at the same time, I guess 1985 is a little bit different kind of a Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta go with, uh, I gotta go Sleepy with Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. All right, Sleepy Hollow or Pooh's Heffalump Halloween movie? Oh, what a classic! Uh, this 2005 movie that follows Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Rue, and all the Hundred Acre Woods family and a Halloween expedition filled with courage and friendship. It is, it is a shockingly good special that does yep. hold up. Uh, but I still got to go with Legend of Sleepy Hollow because uh, the people we cater to are not children. So I got to go with the adults, the adult animation, the slightly more adult animation. Now, Sarge over here is saying The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which I know isn't on this list because uh, Charlie Brown isn't a Disney movie, um, but also a good movie. It is great. great. Pumpkin. It's, it's really good. good one. Uh, this one is on the list. I'm not sure why, but Disney did it, so I got to do it too. Smart House. Smart um, House. Yeah. You may not think this 1999 Disney original movie is scary, but Smart House is brilliant in a way. Uh, was brilliant in the way was able to add that eerie. God, these journal sets fucking uh, use better verb. I can say, oh, you may not think this 1999 Disney Channel original movie is scary, but Smart House is brilliant in the way. It was able to add that eerie feeling to the film. I actually think uh, Smart House is uh, scarier now than it was in 1999. <laughs> uh, because, because you can uh, actually do that now. And like, uh, so, uh, you know, earlier this week when Facebook went down, one of the reasons it was down for so long was because they have their whole, their whole building is a smart building. And nobody had a physical key to get into the room with the servers that were down. Really? Yeah. And so, like, like they went to unlock it with their security cards or whatever, and it wouldn't work mm. because the servers were down, and they were run off the servers. <laughs> so, just stupid. I just have a physical key, man. <laughs> or don't host your stuff on your own stuff. Host it somewhere else for a backup so you can get into it if you need to. But whatever. I, it's the simple things, Joe. Yeah, I just all I'm saying is there is a reason that every programmer I know refuses to own a smartphone uh, and anything Internet of Thing related. They would rather shoot with a gun than uh, yeah. than have in their home. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I'm going to stick with Legend of Sleepy Hollow. But uh, Smart House is it's really good. I I t- totally forgot about that movie. And I think in you know it's it's probably not as scary as something on um, Black Mirror, yeah. But it is it is like a precursor to Black Mirror in a lot of ways. All right, I so you. do watch it. Just you know, don't make it your number one. Gotcha. All right, uh, we're gonna go through these uh, last ones pretty quick because uh, we are kind of running low on time, and I want to give you enough time to read your story. Oh yeah. All right. So, uh, so kind of, we're, go- we're going by these quick. Just give me uh, which one you choose and a brief why, and because uh, I don't want to cut you off, I don't want to feel bad about it. No, no worries. Uh, but we only get two hours because for some reason, Podbean won't give you more than two hours. I don't know why they cut you off at two hours. That's fucking oh. goofy. Gotcha. But, uh, but they do. Um, so uh, I don't want to do that to you. 
right, let's get into it. I mean, the only alternative is to stop this one and start the next one. You yeah, know? I'm up for either. But well, you know, let's do that. I don't sure. want to rush through this for you, so I, you know, we'll rush a little bit because I don't want people to sit here for too long. But yeah, um, we'll just do this one. We'll end this one, and then those who want to come back could just join the next one uh, five minutes after we end this one. Yeah, sounds good. It's a good call. Good job, Joe. I like your thinking. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Sleepy, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow or Wizard of Waverly Place, the movie. This 2009 film, a teenage girl makes a regretful wish that puts the whole family on a dangerous adventure. I I know that this is a controversial opinion. Mm. I hate the Wizards of Waverly Place. It's one of my least favorite Disney properties. And why is that, Joe? I just, I don't know. There's something about everything about it. From the acting to the dialogue to the, corniness uh, the music of it. in the background, mm-hmm. I just, I just think it's terrible. Yeah. And so, uh, even though, even though our, our listeners may like it, and I, I don't know if they do or not, but I, I'm just going to stick with Sleepy Hollow. Hey, I'm fine with that. Sleepy Hollow or Monsters Inc. Join Sully and Mike Wazowski as they do their best to return a little girl home. After all the while keeping the Scream Factory inside Monstropolis intact. Man, this one's hard because I, I think Monsters, Inc. is object- objectively better, but it's not a Halloween movie. There you go. So I got to go Sleepy Hollow. <clears throat> all right, Sleepy Hollow or Now You See It. The now 2005 film show, shows what? can happen when a magician's secrets is revealed on reality TV. I've never even heard of Now You See It. I know. The thing is, like, I mean, I'm on, what, uh, number 10 of 31. And I think this is, like, the third non-Halloween-esque movie. And this, it doesn't stop there. Yeah. I No, I, I got to stick with... It's, it's Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. All right, Sleepy Hollow or Into the Woods. This 2014 film is a perfect Disney Halloween movie where a witch gives a childless baker the task of getting magical items from all the famous fairy tales. I will say Into the Woods is not necessarily a Halloween movie. However, it is tremendous. What what classifies a Halloween movie? Does it have to be about Halloween? I feel like it, it has to at least be scary would be nice. Well, or like, like there has to be something about it that is horror adjacent. Okay. Okay. You know, like, like now you see it to me, it doesn't sound like it's a Halloween movie because it sounds like it's just like, oh, it's just about magic. Or yeah. Maybe it takes place around Halloween, but like has nothing mm-hmm. to do with it at all. I gotcha. Uh, uh, so, like, I, I, w- I would just throw that one out right away. Same with Monsters, Inc. It has nothing to do. It just has monsters. Like, the, yeah. but they're not even scary monsters, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, Into the Woods, though, is very creepy. The whole yeah. aesthetic is, is like, goth and Halloween-y, and, uh, and it's fantastic. And there are actually moments that are, like, genuinely frightening. Yeah. Uh, so, I got to go Into the Woods because it's, it's really, really, really good. Okay, cool. So, Into the Woods or My Babysitter's the Vampire. This 2010 movie follows a teen who learns that his little sister's babysitter is a vampire. Nice. I'm going to stick with Into the Woods, but that does sound like a good TV movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so Into the Woods or Frankenweenie. 
Inspired by the classic Frankenstein story, this 2012 film takes you on a spooky journey of a little boy who tries to bring his dog back to life. Gosh. I've never seen Frankenweenie. Uh, I think Into the Woods is probably a better movie. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for something that's more Halloween, you got to go Frankenweenie. That's true. Think, but, but what do you want to go with, Joe? I, I want to go with Frankenweenie. My gut says that. Uh, Sarge says Edward Scissorshand. Would you classify that as Halloween? Uh, I probably would, even though. I haven't seen it in a really long time, so I can't yeah. really quite remember. It is one of the better Johnny Depp movies. Yeah. It's definitely a fucking Tim Burton movie. Yeah. And see, I think that maybe is it for me. If it's Tim Burton, Tim Burton, like his whole aesthetic is Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, which one did you go with? Frank uh, and I went Frank and Weenie. Frank and Weenie. All right. Frank and Weenie or, say. <laughs> Frank and Weenie or the Scream Team. Uh, this 2002 Disney Channel original movie, two kids moved to Steeple Falls to settle the inheritance left by their grandfather. That sounds pretty classic. Um, have you never seen it? No. Mm. Neither have no. I, but I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, let me just... Uh, I'm going to stick with Frank and Weenie. It has a Frank slightly higher score on IMDb. <laughs> Frank and Weenie or Haunted Mansion. A re, uh, realtor and what's up? Haunted Mansion. Okay. <laughs> Haunted, Haunted Mansion or Under Wraps. The 1997 ghostly comedy follows three teens who accidentally bring a mummy back to life, coincidentally, around Halloween. I'm sticking with Haunted Mansion, but I love the, the other one, sounds fun. Yeah. They actually uh, made a remake of it uh, this year. Really? Mm hmm. Uh, next one. Uh, so. Uh, Haunted Mansion or Twitches. 2005, Tia and Tamara made their witchy debut in this Disney Channel original movie with a similar storyline to Sister Sister's first episode. If you don't know, Sister Sister uh, is about twin sisters who are separated at birth and they bumped into each other at the mall. This, uh, same thing, but they're witches. Gotcha. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sticking with Haunted Mansion, but I'm sure that that is really fun for fans of, of Sister Sister. Okay. Haunted Mansion or Twitches 2. The 2007 <laughs> film The 2007 film follows the twin witches Alex and Cameron return to Covertree to defeat the evil forces trying to take over by the way of the Shadowland. That's really funny. I'm I'm sticking I'm sticking with Haunted Mansion, but that's By the way, it's Twitches 2 T O O. Like Twitches yep. also. Mhm. It's fun. All right, Haunted Mansion or H-E Double Hockey Sticks. This 1990 film follows Griffin, I don't fucking know, a demon who is in his training go out, who in, god damn it. This 1999 film follows Griffin, a demon who is in his training, I don't fucking know, I don't know what they're trying to say. Who is in his training go out to Earth to find a famous hockey player? I'm sorry, but if you're playing shit onto the internet, you need to fucking spell better. This no, is why I don't do shit like this, because this doesn't make sense. Yeah, it sounds Who? like it's missing a comma or a period. Yeah. Who, I'm going to go, okay, this is, who is training to go out to Earth and find a famous hockey player to sell his soul? Nice. I uh, I feel like 
first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to switch to H E double hockey sticks. Okay. And the reason for that is that I feel like it's a movie that whenever it's on, I stop and watch it. Hmm. I don't like know. I'm just channel surfing. I'll throw it on. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, H E double hockey sticks or girl versus monster. Uh, this 2012 film follows a teen girl who tries to recapture a monster she accidentally released. Huh. I'm going to stick with H.E. Double Hockey Stick. Okay. H.E. Double Hockey Stick or Phantom of the Megaplex. This 2000 original Disney film is loosely based on the classic story Phantom of the Opera. I'm going to stick with H.E. Double Hockey Stick. But... Have you never seen that? No. Ooh, I recommend it. Okay. Good to know. It's pretty funny. Uh, okay, so uh, H.E. Double Hockey Sticks or Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. In order to get their divorced mom out of the house, Adam and his sister Chelsea devise a plan to get her to get their mom on a date. The only problem is that this man may be trying to get her more than they're willing to give in this 2000 Disney com whatever. Nice. I you know what I'm going to switch over to that because I'm I like uh, what's her name Carolyn Ray. I got you. Well, it ain't going to last long because the next one's Halloween Town, Joe. Yeah, Halloween Town's going to win that. In the okay, we can you don't move even on. Have to read the description. So I've Halloween been waiting for Halloween Town this whole time. Halloween Town or Halloween Town Two: Calabar's Revenge. I'm gonna stick with the original. Halloween Town or Halloween Town High. Uh, definitely sticking with the original. Halloween Town or Return to Halloween Town. <laughs> uh, Halloween Town, just the original. Halloween Town or Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, heartbreaking! Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas or Don't Look Under the Bed. Oh. Don't the 1999 Disney Channel movie has a cult following and for a good reason. In this film, we're taken through a journey with a girl and her imaginary friend who helps her uncover who's framing her with the many pranks around town. Love this fucking movie. This it's is one really of my good. Top, one of my top favorite uh, Disney Halloween movies. Gosh, it's a movie I totally forgot about. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna go with "Don't Look Under the Bed," and I'm shocked. I I would never have thought that in our in a ever, right? Don't look under the bed or Invisible Sister. This fun 2015 Disney Halloween film shows the consequences of Cleo's science experiment that goes wrong as she accidentally makes her popular sister disappear. Oh, don't don't look under the bed. Don't look under the bed or Tower of Terror. This movie is about a questionable journalist and his niece who go on an adventurous investigation of the mysterious disappearance of five people at the abandoned Hollywood Tower Hotel in 1939. Nice. Steven Spielberg. I'm going to stick with Don't Look Under the Bed, but uh, great ride, Tower of Terror. Yeah. All right, last one. Uh, Don't Look Under the Bed or Hocus Pocus? Oh, Hocus Pocus, man. Yep, that was my choice. Yep. (laughs) You can't you can't pass up Hocus Pocus. No, I actually did. I was supposed to go to a uh, a party yesterday, but uh, it was uh, it was too far of a drive. Yeah, but they did an outdoor showing of uh, Hocus Pocus at their farm. It was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Cool, Joe. So you decided to uh, let everyone know that the movie they need to see for this year is Hocus Pocus. Yeah, if you've never seen it, go see Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, before we wrap up the show, we're going to do the one thing that I love the absolute most about this freaky show, and that is to uh, bring back freaky tales. And um, uh, Freak Joe is here 
to uh, share a story with you all. So, Joe, whenever you're ready, uh, I'm going to uh, mute my microphone, take a step back, and uh, you're going to take over the show and do what you do. All right. I think I'm ready. Cool. Go for it. An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge by Ambrose Bierce. A man stood upon a railroad bridge in northern Alabama, looking down into the swift water twenty feet below. The man's hands were behind his back, the wrists bound with a cord. A rope closely encircled his neck. It was attached to a stout cross-timber above his head, and the slack fell to the level of his knees. Some loose boards laid upon the sleepers supporting the metals of the railway supplied a footing for him and his executioners, two private soldiers of the Federal Army, directed by a sergeant who in civil life may have been a deputy sheriff. At a short remove from the same temporary platform was an officer in the uniform of his rank armed. He was a captain. A sentinel at each end of the bridge stood with his rifle in the position known as support, that is to say, vertical in front of the left soldier, shoulder, the hammer resting on the forearm thrown straight across the chest, a formal and unnatural position enforcing an erect carriage of the body. It did not appear to be the duty of these two men to know what was occurring at the center of the bridge. They merely blockaded the two ends of the foot planking that traversed it. Beyond one of the sentinels, nobody was in sight. The railroad ran straight away into a forest for a hundred yards, then curving was lost to view. Doubtless there was an outpost further along. The other bank of the stream was open ground, a gentle acclivity topped with a stockade of vertical tree trunks looped with loopholed for rifles, with a single embrasure through which protruded the muzzle of a brass cannon commanding the bridge. Midway of the slope between the bridge and fort were the spectators, a single company of infantry in line at parade rest, the butts of the rifles on the ground, the barrels inclining slightly backward against the right shoulder, the hands crossed upon the stock. A lieutenant stood at the right of the line, pointing the point of his sword upon the ground, his left hand resting upon his right. Excepting the group of uh, four at the center of the bridge, not a man moved. The company faced the bridge, staring stonily, motionless. The sentinels facing the banks of the stream might have been statues to adorn the bridge. The captain stood with folded arms, silent, observing the work of his subordinates, but making no sign. Death is a dignitary who, when he comes announced, is to be received with formal manifestations of respect, even by those most familiar with him. In the code of military etiquette, silence and fixity are forms of deference. The man who was engaged in being hanged was apparently about thirty-five years of age. He was a civilian, if one might judge from his habit, which was that of a planter. His features were good, a straight nose, firm mouth, broad forehead, from which his long, dark hair was combed straight back, falling behind his ears to the collar of his well-fitting frock coat. He wore a mustache and a pointed beard, but no whiskers. His eyes were large and dark gray, and had a kindly expression which one would hardly have expected in one whose neck was in the hemp. Evidently, this was no vulgar assassin. The liberal military code makes provision for hanging many kinds of persons, and gentlemen are not excluded. The preparations being complete, the two private soldiers stepped aside and each drew away the plank upon which he had been standing. The sergeant turned to the captain, saluted, and placed himself immediately behind the officer, who in turn moved apart one pace. These movements left the condemned man and the sergeant standing on the two ends of the same plank which spanned three of the cross ties of the bridge. 
The end upon which the civilian stood almost, but not quite, reached a fourth. This plank had been held in place by the weight of the captain. It was now held by that of the sergeant. At a signal from the former, the latter would step aside, the plank would tilt, and the condemned man go down between two ties. The arrangement commended itself to his judgment as simple and effective. His face had not been covered, nor his eyes bandaged. He looked a moment at his unsteadfast footing, then let his gaze wander to the swirling water of the stream racing madly beneath his feet. A piece of dancing driftwood caught his attention, and his eyes followed it down the current. How slowly it appeared to move. What a sluggish stream. He closed his eyes in order to fix his last thoughts upon his wife and his children. The water, touched to gold by the early sun, the brooding mists under the banks at some distance down the stream, the fort, the soldiers, the piece of drift, all had distracted him. And now he became conscious of a new disturbance. Striking through the thought of his dear ones was a sound which he could neither ignore nor understand. A sharp, distinct metallic percussion, like the stroke of a blacksmith's hammer upon the anvil, it had the same ringing quality. He wondered what it was, and whether, immeasurably distant or nearby, it seemed both. Its recurrence was regular, but as slow as the tolling of a death knell. He awaited each stroke with impatience and, he knew not why, apprehension. The intervals of silence grew progressively longer. The delays became maddening. With their greater infrequency, the sounds increased in strength and sharpness. They hurt his ear like the thrust of a knife. He feared he would shriek. What he heard was the ticking of his watch. He unclosed his eyes and saw again the water below him. If I could free my hands, he thought, I might throw off the noose and spring into the stream. By diving, I could evade the bullets and, swimming vigorously, reach the bank, take to the woods and get away home. My home, thank God, is as yet outside their lines. My wife and little ones are still beyond the invader's farthest advance. As these thoughts, which have here to be set down in words, were flashed into the doomed man's brain, rather than evolved from it, the captain nodded to the sergeant, and the sergeant stepped aside. Peyton Farquhar, Farquhar was a well-to-do planter of an old and highly respected Alabama family. Being a slave owner, and like other slave owners, a politician, he was naturally an original secessionist and ardently devoted to the Southern cause. Circumstances of an imperious nature, which it is here unnecessary to relate, had prevented him from be taking service with the gallant army that had fought the disastrous campaigns ending with the fall of Corinth and he chafed under the inglorious restraint, longing for the release of his energies, the larger life of the soldier, the opportunity for distinction. That opportunity, he felt, would come, as it comes to all in wartime. Meanwhile, he did what he could. No service was too humble for him to perform in aid of the South, no adventure too perilous for him to undertake if consistent with the character of a civilian who was at heart a soldier and who in good faith and without too much qualification assented to at least a part of the frankly villainous dictum that all is fair in love and war. One evening, while Farquhar and his wife were sitting in a rustic bench near the entrance to his grounds, a gray-clad soldier rode up to the gate and asked for a drink of water. Mrs. Farquhar was only ha too happy to serve him with her own white hands. While she was fetching the water, her husband approached the dusty horseman and inquired eagerly for news from the front. 
The Yanks are repairing the railroad, said the man, and are getting ready for another advance. They have reached the Owl Creek Bridge to put in order uh, and built a stockade on the north branch. The Commandant has issued an order, which is posted everywhere, declaring that any civilian caught interfering with the railroad, its bridges, tunnels, or trains, will be summarily hanged. I saw the order. How far is it to the Oil Owl Creek Bridge? Farquhar asked. About 30 miles. Is there no force on this side of the creek? Why is he Australian? That's weird. Only a picket post half a mile out on the railroad and a single sentinel at the end of the bridge. Suppose a man, a civilian and student of hanging, should elude the picket post and perhaps get the better of the sentinel, said Farquhar, smiling. What could he accomplish? The soldier reflected. I was there a month ago, he replied. I observed that the wood of the last winter had lodged a great quantity of driftwood against the wooden pier at this end of the bridge. It is now dry and would, like, would burn like tow. The lady had now brought the water which the soldier drank. He thanked her ceremoniously, bowed to her husband, and rode away. An hour later, after nightfall, he repassed the plantation, going northward in the direction from which he had come. He was a federal scout. As Peyton Farquhar fell straight down through the bridge, he lost consciousness and was as one already dead. From this state, he was awakened, ages later it seemed to him, by the pain of a sharp pressure upon his throat, followed by a sense of suffocation. Keen, poignant agonies seemed to shoot from his neck downward through every fiber of his body and limbs. These pains appeared to flash along well-defined lines of ramification and to beat with an inconceivably rapid periodicity. They seemed like streams of pulsating fire, heating him to an intolerable temperature. As to his head, he was conscious of nothing but a feeling of fullness, of congestion. These sensations were unaccompanied by thought. The intellectual part of his nature was already effaced. He had power only to feel, and feeling was torment. He was conscious of motion, encompassed in a luminous cloud of which he was now merely the fiery heart without material of substance. He swung through unthinkable arcs of oscillation, like a vast pendulum. Then all at once, with a terrible suddenness, the light about him shot upward with the noise of a loud splash. A frightful roaring was in his ears, and all was cold and dark. The power of thought was restored. He knew that the rope had broken and he had fallen into the stream. There was no additional strangulation. The noose about his neck was already suffocating him and, the water kept, and kept the water from his lungs. To die of hanging at the bottom of a river, the idea seemed to him ludicrous. He opened his eyes in the darkness and saw above him a gleam of light. But how distant! How inaccessible! He was still sinking, for the light became fainter and fainter until it was a mere glimmer. Then it began to grow and brighten, and he knew that he was rising toward the surface, knew it with reluctance, for he was now very comfortable. To be hanged and drowned, he thought, that is not so bad. But I do not wish to be shot. No, I will not be shot. That is not fair. He was conscious of an effort, but a sharp pain in his wrist apprised him that he was trying to free his hands. He gave the struggle his attention, as an idler might observe the feet of his juggler without interest in the outcome. What splendid effort! What magnificent! What superhuman strength! Ah, that was a fine endeavor! Bravo! The cord fell away. His arms parted and floated upward, the hands dimly seen on each side in the growing light. He watched them with a new interest as first one and then the other pounced upon the noose at his neck. 
They tore it away and thrust it fiercely aside, its undulations resembling those of a water snake. Put it back! Put it back! he thought. He shouted those words to his hands, for the undoing of the noose had been succeeded by the direst pang that he had yet experienced. His neck ached horribly. His brain was on fire. His heart, which had been fluttering faintly, gave a great leap, trying to force itself out at his mouth. His whole body was racked and wrenched with an insupportable anguish. But his disobedient hands gave no heed to the command. They beat the water vigorously with quick, downward strokes, forcing him to the surface. He felt his head emerge. His eyes were blinded by the sunlight. His chest expanded convulsively, and with a supreme and crowning agony, his lungs engulfed a great draft of air, which instantly expelled in a shriek. He was now in full possession of his physical senses. They were, indeed, preternaturally keen and alert. Something in the awful disturbance of his organic system had so exalted and refined them that they made record of things never before perceived. He felt the ripples upon his face and heard their separate sounds as they struck. He looked at the forest on the bank of the stream, saw the individual trees, the leaves, and the veining of each leaf, saw the very insects upon them, the locusts the brilliant-bodied flies, the gray spiders stretching their wigs, webs from twig to twig. He noted the prismatic colors in all the dewdrops upon a million blades of grass, the humming of the gnats that danced above the eddies of the stream, the beating of the dragonfly's wings, the strokes of the water spider's legs, like oars which had drifted their boat. All these made audible music. A fish slid along beneath his eyes, and he heard the rush of its body parting the water. He had come to the surface, facing down the stream. In a moment, the visible world seemed to wheel slowly around him, himself the pivotal point. And he saw the bridge, the fort, the soldiers upon the bridge, the captain, the sergeant, the two privates, his executioners. They were in silhouette against the blue sky. They shouted and gesticulated, pointing at him. The captain has drawn, had drawn his pistol but did not fire. The others were unarmed. Their movements were grotesque and horrible their forms gigantic. Suddenly he heard a sharp report, and something struck the water smartly within a few inches of his head, spattering his face with spray. He heard a second report, and saw one of the sentinels with his rifle at his shoulder, a light cloud of blue smoke rising from the muzzle. The man in the water saw the eye of the man on the bridge, gazing into his own through the sights of the rifle. He observed that it was a keen, that it was a gray eye, and remembered having read that gray eyes were keenest and that all famous marksmen had them. Nevertheless, this one missed. A counterswirl had caught Farquhar and turned him half round. He was again looking into the forest on the bank opposite the fort. The sound of a clear high voice in a monotonous sing-song now rang out behind him and came across the water with a distinctness that pierced and subdued all other sounds, even the beating of the ripples in his ears. Although no soldier, he had frequented camps enough to know the dread significance of that deliberate, drawling, aspirated chant. The lieutenant on shore was taking a part in the morning's work. How coldly and pitilessly, with what an even, calm intonation presaging and enforcing tranquility in the men, with what accurately measured intervals fell those cruel words. Attention, company! Soldier arms! Ready! Aim! Fire! Farquhar dived, dived as deeply as he could. The water roared in his ears like the voice of, a Ni of Niagara. 
yet he had heard the dulled thunder of the volley and, raising again toward the surface, met shining bits of metal singularly flattened, oscillating slowly downward. Some of them touched him on the face and hands, then fell away, continuing their descent. One lodged between his collar and neck. It was uncomfortably warm, and he snatched it out. As he rose to the surface, gasping for breath, he saw that he had been a long time underwater. He was perceptibly further downstream, nearer to safety. The soldiers had almost finished reloading. The metal ramrods flashed all at once in the sunshine as they were drawn from the barrels, turned in the air, and thrust into their sockets. The two sentinels fired again, independently and ineffectually. The hunted man saw all this over his shoulder. He was now swimming vigorously with the current. His brain was as energetic as his arms and legs. He thought with the rapidity of lightning. The officer, he reasoned, will not make that Martinet's error a second time. It is as easy to dodge a volley as a single shot. He has probably already given the command to fire at will. God help me, I cannot dodge them all. An appalling splash within two yards of him was followed by a loud rushing sound, diminuendo, which seemed to travel back through the air to the fort and died in an explosion, which stirred the very river to its deeps. A rising sheet of water curved over him, fell down upon him, blinded him, strangled him. The cannon had taken a hand in the game. As he shook his head free from the commotion of the smitten water, he heard the deflected shot humming through the air ahead, and in, in an instant... It was cracking and smashing the branches in the forest beyond. They will not do that again, he thought. The next time they will use a charge of grape. I must keep my eye upon the gun. The smoke will apprise me. The report arrives too late. It lags behind the missile. That is a good gun. Suddenly he felt himself whirled round and round, spinning like a top. The water, the banks, the forests, the now distant bridge, fort and men, all were commingled and blurred. Objects were represented by their colors only. Circular, horizontal streaks of color, that was all he saw. He had been caught in a vortex and was being whirled on with a velocity of advance and gyration that made him giddy and sick. In a few moments, he was flung upon the gravel at the foot of the left bank of the stream, the southern bank, and behind a projecting point which concealed him from his enemies. The sudden arrest of his motion, the abrasion of one of his hands on the gravel, restored him and he wept with delight. He dug his fingers into the sand, threw it over himself in handfuls, and audibly blessed it. It looked like diamonds, rubies, emeralds. He could think of nothing beautiful which it did not resemble. The trees upon the bank were giant garden plants. He noted a definite, definite order in their arrangement, inhaled the fragrance of their blooms. A strange, roseate light shone through the spaces among their trunks, and the wind made in their branches— the music of Olean harps. He had no wish to perfect his escape, was content to remain in that enchanting spot until retaken. A whiz and rattle of grapeshot among the branches high above his head roused him from his dream. The baffled cannoneer had fired him a random farewell. He sprang to his feet, rushed up the sloping bank, and plunged into the forest. All that day he traveled, laying his course by the rounding sun, the forest seemed interminable. Nowhere did he discover a break in it, not even a woodsman's road. He had not known that he lived in so wild a region. There was something uncanny in the revelation. By nightfall he was fatigued, footsore, famishing. The thought of his wife and children urged him on. At last he found a road which led him in what he knew to be the right direction. 
It was as wide and straight as a city street, yet it seemed untraveled. No fields bordered it, no dwelling anywhere. Not so much as the barking of a dog suggested human habitation. The black bodies of the trees formed a straight wall on both sides, terminating on the horizon in a point, like a diagram in a lesson in perspective. Overhead, as he looked up through this rift in the wood, shone great garden stars looking unfamiliar and grouped in strange constellations. He was sure they were arranged in some order which had a secret and malign significance. The wood on either side was full of singular noises, among which once, twice, again he heard whispers in an unknown tongue. His neck was in pain, and lifting his hand to it, found it horribly swollen. He knew that it had a circle of black where the rope had bruised it. His eyes felt congested. He could no longer close them. His tongue was swollen with thirst. He relieved its fever by thrusting it forward from between his teeth into the cold air. How softly the turf had carpeted the untraveled avenue. He could no longer feel the roadway beneath his feet. Doubtless, despite his suffering, he had fallen asleep while walking. For now he sees another scene. Perhaps he has merely recovered from a delirium. He stands at the gate of his own home. All is as he left it, and all bright and beautiful in the morning sunshine. He must have traveled the entire night. As he pushes open the gate and passes up the wide white walk, he sees a flutter of female garments. His wife, looking fresh and cool and sweet, steps down from the veranda to greet him. At the bottom of the steps she stands waiting with a smile of ineffable joy, an attitude of matchless grace and dignity. Ah, how beautiful she is! He springs forward with extended arms. As he is about to clasp her, he feels a stunning blow upon the back of the neck. A blinding white light, a blinding white light blazes about him with a sound like the shock of a cannon. Then all is darkness and silence. Peyton Farquhar was dead. His body, with a broken neck, swung gently from side to side beneath the timbers of the Owl Creek Bridge. The end. Good job, Joe. Thank you. Sorry for messing with the accents a little bit too much. No, man, no wrong with having a little Australian in there from time to time. Yep, I was trying to get that, like, Frank Underwood voice, and it took me until, like, the end of the story to get there. <laughs> it was good. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad, uh, I'm glad. glad we did that story. And it was, it was tricky because I was trying to – because I went back over the last years that we've been doing this and been doing the Freaky Tales, and I was like, I don't want to repeat anything. Right. And I was really excited because uh, there was a Mark Twain story. I was like, oh, man, we should do this one. But we did it last year. Oh, I, mean, I, don't, know, I, don't, know how, I don't know how I forgot it, but I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that's right. Mark Twain uh, has a scary fucking story. But I was like, yeah, we did that shit last year. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that uh, that we put together a list of, uh, of new ones. And you're crushing it every fucking time, man. Oh, well, thank you. It's yeah. my pleasure. Uh, all right, Joe, what are you freaking thinking about? Um, what am I freaking thinking about? Yeah, Probably, thinking about? um, uh, this week I decided to get into Full Metal Alchemist, uh, which was, uh, an anime that was on Cartoon Network on, uh, I think it was, was Adult Swim or Toonami at night. Okay. Um, when we were younger and, 
It's on Netflix now, both both versions of it. There was a 2003 series and a 2009 series. And uh, honestly, they're both good. I will say that the 2009 series is so much better than the 2003 series that I'm mad that the 2003 series even exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have to watch them, go watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's, was- it's very good. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, episodes are like 20 minutes a piece. Um, there's like 64 of them. Um, it's, it's very good. I, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, what about you? What are you freaking thinking about? Uh, have you been, uh, have you been keeping up on the, uh, Marvel? What if, uh, show? Yeah. Under- <clears throat> so here's my problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. I liked it when it was literally just, uh, Hey, what if this happened? Mm-hmm. And then the latest episode came out. And they literally turned it into a fucking like TV show. Yep. And I wasn't a big fan of that. Really? I would I would prefer they just kept it as what if this happened in this moment? I didn't like the whole like, well, now we're going into multiverse stuff and now we're gonna pull characters from every episode into the like, I just like no, I didn't like it. Like that's not what I was expecting from this. Like, first off, the way the the way the star the, the show is wasn't what wasn't what I was expecting. Anyways, I was expecting right. like simple shit. Yeah, you know, not, not you know, like like what if Tony Stark was never attacked in the desert? Not what if he was saved by Killmonger? Right, like stuff like that is like what I, I wasn't expecting. What if uh, what if Yandu uh, abducted fucking uh, T'Challa instead? Like mm-hmm. no, like like what if he didn't abduct Star Lord at all? Right. So, you know, stuff like, you know, that's like that's the things that I was expecting. So when it came out with the newest episode, and they're like, well, you know, the Watcher now needs help going against everything he believes in to pull all these fucking, like, heroes and villains, because he did take Killmonger and Doctor Strange and all them, and then they just turned into an actual fucking show. Wasn't, I'm not a big fan of that. Not bad. Yeah. It wasn't a bad show. The episode was decent. But it's, it's it's almost like uh, it's almost like uh, uh, Jared Padalecki's, uh show Walker. Like oh. you call it whatever you want, but you're not following the concept of what you're aiming for. Interesting. Like you, you can't call something Walker and not follow what Walker Texas Ranger actually was. Because we you we've had that conversation about about the the TV show, right? Uh, I think so. We talked about it a little bit. Yeah, we're like he's he's Cordell Walker. Um, they changed like every character in a different way and shit, but like nothing about it is has to do with Walker. Interesting. Walker didn't have a wife. He didn't have kids. This Walker had a murdered wife. He has two kids. Hmm. You know, his parents weren't you know in the you know Chuck Norris didn't have parents in his. You know his and Chuck Norris's parents died. <laughs> <laughs> he was raised. He was raised by his uh, his uncle, and this right. one he has parents who are happily, well, kind of ish married. Oh, weird! It's it's. I mean, they just took the name for the namesake to try to get the show over, you know. And I think that's what uh, Disney did with this. What what ifs? You know, it's just like, hey, this is what we're going to make it out to be. But no, now it's a fucking show. And I get that there are rumors that it's going to be part of the MCU and. Right. It's gonna, it's gonna potentially, you know, show itself in the Doctor Strange movie or the new Spider-Man movie, but whatever. But right. you, 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 you sold, you sold me a fucking apple and it tasted like orange, you know. Mm-hmm. But I ain't bitter about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
myself. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't go in with any real expectations. Yeah. Uh, except that I, I figured it would somehow play into Dr. Strange or Spider-Man mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I didn't know how, and, yeah. uh, I was surprised and I think uh, they pulled it off. Okay. Like if, if I just look objectively, it is what it is, yeah. but yeah, I was surprised that they decided to bring it all together like that in the last couple episodes. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, teach your own, bro. Yep. yep, yep. Um. So, Joe, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this live stream. Yeah, take a break. Good. Come back. So, I will say, uh, if uh, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on what if, and maybe the thoughts of my my other ho- co-hosts over at Geekcast Live, uh, you can do so now uh, anywhere pods are casted. Um. I, I just got the notification that it came out on uh, Apple Podcasts about five minutes ago. Oh, you guys talked about it in the most recent episode? We did. Oh, nice. Yeah. Look, so. look, how, look how things work out. Yep. So you can also find us over at uh, violentpress.com and uh, on Facebook, uh, you know, Twitter by searching Geekcast Live. I think I prefer GCL.ninja. Yeah, um, we can't do that. And the uh, the Dot Ninja, uh, whatever it's called, extension broke, mm-hmm. and so now we we had to completely remake our whole website. We can't even get to the old one anymore. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, guys, uh, like I said, um, we're gonna have to wrap up this live stream. We are gonna do another one, uh, but we're gonna take a brief break. Uh, what are you thinking, Joe? Five, ten minutes? Somewhere yeah, that sounds there. perfect. Okay, uh, we're going to take about a 10-minute break uh, so we kind of refuel and uh, stretch and everything. We're going to come back and do another live stream, which is not matter because no one's here listening to this at the very moment, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll come back. Uh, we're going to do another game, another uh, freaky tale. we going to talk about fans from Tollbooth. Um, you can catch our shows uh, when, when we do release them on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. Anywhere you find your podcast, just search this freaking show. I'm sure it will pop up. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just by searching this freaking show. Again, a huge thanks to our sponsors, BallWash.com and Audible. Make sure you check out the links to those things so you can uh, get some amazing little perks to uh, – to those things as well. Uh, tpublic.com, T-E-P-U-B-L-A-C, search TFS, pick up your awesome This Freaking Show merchandise because uh, that also helps us. And also go to YouTube, Freaknet Studios, search Freaknet Studios, find our channel, subscribe, hit the notification bell. That's where we release our shows, our episodes, our vlogs, or blah, 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 whatever we do. Um, check out everything we've released and check out the upcoming stuff that we're doing because uh, if you were here throughout the show, you know that we're definitely going to go do some cemetery tours like we did last year. Those are all on Freaking Out Studios currently, and also we're going to uh, find a time to do the uh, One Chip Challenge. Maybe we can, we can probably do that sooner than later. Yeah, that do, you have, do you have a Thornton's out by you? Uh, uh, I could probably find one. We'll we'll do that. We'll uh, we'll look into the One Chip Challenge. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to wrap it up here. So that's all I got for this live stream. As always, I am Travis And I'm Freak Joe. And thank you for listening to this episode of this freaky show. I'm out. <laughs>